Hello, and it's time for another CMO Convo, the podcast from CMO Alliance. For those that don't know the drill, this is the show where we get into conversations about all things related to the role of CMOs in marketing. Today, I'm speaking to Audrey Nesbitt, blockchain and cryptocurrency CMO and core member of Crypto Chicks, a nonprofit global hub to empower and inspire women learning about crypto and blockchain. We're discussing the challenges, strategies, and goals related to marketing blockchain and cryptocurrency. Hi, Audrey. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking. Um, this is going to be an, an interesting conversation because it's a, a topic that not only a lot of CMOs will be interested in, I think a lot of people will be interested in because it's the big world of blockchain and cryptocurrency that a lot of people have heard about, but not many people know too much about like how how the business works, how the marketing works behind it. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting conversation, I think. But before we get into that, um, maybe you want to introduce yourself to our audience, go into a bit of your professional background and what your current role is like as a CMO. Um, sure. So um, the bulk of my career actually um, was head of marketing for a big U.S. law firm. Uh, and then I started my own marketing firm, Inspirational Marketing, and moved into the blockchain cryptocurrency space in about 2017, uh, which is the same time I joined CryptoChicks. And CryptoChicks is a nonprofit educational hub uh, for women and youth in blockchain and cryptocurrency. And uh, funny, you know, how you you talked about the space and that it was founded by two women uh, who have computer engineering backgrounds and they couldn't figure out how to use, you know, a cryptocurrency wallet and how to start um, buying and trading in cryptocurrencies. So they started a meetup group to teach that. And, um, and then that spiraled into this, you know, big educational hub. And we have chapters now all over the world. Um, And, and that's, kind of how I started in the space. And then that has the that educational hub has expanded into a hatchery, which launches uh, startups, helps startups come up into the space and actually launch. And uh, the academy, um, which is about educating people, not just on blockchain for businesses, but also basic uh, leadership, launching, fundraising, um, different emerging technologies, including AI, quantum computing, uh, and so on. It's it's been a, a very exciting journey. It, it, it sounds it. It um, sounds like a very interesting setup. You're basically giving, you're providing the toolkit for people to uh, create startups to sort of like the next wave of technology, like as well as the crypto and currency. You've got the, the quantum computing. You've got AI. Like it's all these all these new exciting technologies that are emerging that people do need educating about. There's not they're completely new products, aren't they? Yes. Yes. It's exciting. So is that, is that educational standpoint, how you kind of approach the the CMO role? Is that, is that something that you keep in mind when you're uh, like, as as sort of like a philosophy, a guide to when you're uh, producing marketing for them? Um, So for me, yes, in, in a CMO role, uh, I believe you, you're steering the organization on a growth path. And Mm -hmm. as a CMO, it's macro in scope, but focused on business impact. Um, and a lot of what I believe the CMO does is embed purpose in what the company's doing and inspire people, you know, to achieve more than they ever thought possible. Um, so macro, especially in emerging technology, is being the chief storyteller and educator, right? Um, and it's like you said, 
we're educating people on a new technology. Um, and to gain mass adoption, education, and understanding the benefits of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, because they are two separate things, um, is a big part of what I do. From a marketing standpoint, what are, what are the, like the challenges with promoting the block uh, the blockchain and crypto space? Like, what what what's unique about the product compared to more traditional products? Um. So first and foremost, like you you've touched upon, the majority of the population doesn't know much about both, and they're different. Um, blockchain is basically distributed ledger technology. So in and itself, I like to say blockchain is actually kind of boring, right? It's just a different, it's distributed ledger. So instead of one person controlling, you know, a copy or the database, it's spread. So because it's on multiple computers all over, you know, all over the, the planet, there's not one central point of hacking. And once something is uploaded to the blockchain, it's there permanently. Um, and everybody gets a copy of the record. So it's hard for anybody to commit some sort of fraud. They would have to change all the ledgers on everybody's computer, basically, or node. Um, cryptocurrency is the tokens or the currency that runs a lot of these new emerging technology economies. Um, blockchain can exist without cryptocurrency. And in fact, it does. Uh, it's being used in supply chain uh, with like companies like Walmart. It's being used in banking. Um, and they obviously don't have a cryptocurrency. Um, but on the emerging technology side, the whole idea behind decentralization, meaning there's no central you know, authority, blockchain is perfect for that decentralization and for that transparency and the automation, right? The, the smart contracts that drive, um, that can be built. So automating contracts, basically taking emotion out of transactions and taking out the third party um, in transactions is all automated on blockchain. Um, and when it comes to marketing a cryptocurrency project, why it's different or how it's different is one, the education component that you've touched on is you're educating, you know, to increase mass adoption, we're educating because there's still a big education, educational hurdle per se uh, to mass, to the mass population. Um, so when you have a cryptocurrency project, you have the token and you have the technology and the token sometimes can drive the economy of that technology. And it's also can be used as a fundraising tool to raise the funds to build the technology. So when it comes to marketing, you're, your part of your target market one is the people that are going to buy the token. So cryptocurrency traders, investors, um, and they tend to already be in the market, in the cryptocurrency market. Then on the other side, on the product side, sometimes you're going after, well, all the time on the technology side, then you're going after the user, the end user. And that can be a gamer, could be a, uh, or it could be a game development company. It could be um, a musician. It could be an artist. 
uh, you know, like recently with the big NFT craze and artists selling their digital, you know, artworks as non-fungible tokens and getting millions of dollars for it. So in that regards to that type of NFT platform, right, you've got to raise the token, you got to sell the token, raise the funds, build out the platform, then attract the artists to bring their artwork and build their artwork and mint them as NFTs and then attract the NFT buyer. So you have different demographics that you're targeting and a lot of times they can uh, cross over, but often you're doing different campaigns strategically targeting those different users. Yeah, just about. I, I think I've got a handle for it. Yeah. Um, so these it sounds really tricky to pin down who your like who your t- target audience is, like in order to stay focused with your marketing strategies. That's gotta be a challenge when you're when you're coming up with these strategies. Like yeah. how do how do you identify like your buyer personas? How do you identify your audience when it's when it is so broad? Like how do you stay focused? Um and well that's that's tricky in the startup space. You know, generally, uh, a lot of times getting startups to focus on who their niche is, is a, a it can be a challenge, right? A lot of times startup companies in any space, not just in cryptocurrency, they want to be everything to everybody. And when you try to be everything to everybody, you're effective to nobody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, when I'm building the strategy, it's really specifically targeting each one and laying out what that map looks like and what that profile looks like and who that that person is and creating strategic campaigns that target them specifically. So um, for example, you know, to drive the token and increase brand awareness, LinkedIn's a great tool to gain influence and brand awareness, Twitter, community driving when we're trying to get developer onboarding uh, or the end user, it could be Reddit, it could be Telegram. Uh, In regards to NFTs and artists, then it's completely different because you could be targeting those crypto users, but you could also be targeting, depending on the type of artwork you're pursuing, you could be going into real world art circles, right? And finding real world artists and convincing them to bring their artwork, uh, their beautiful creations that they already do in the physical form and bringing it to the digital form. It sounds really, really exciting. The, the, the opportunity to get into all these different mindsets and build a multi-stage campaign around them it's not just one target audience you've got to keep track of it's all these different target audiences and sort of like getting into like the psychology behind the motivations behind why why they should be interested in it why they should be investing in crypto and and blockchain as as a technology how do you do it it sounds like a almost mammoth task like cmos lots of cmos and marketers struggle just to target one specific target audience like how do you keep track of all these different all these different personas right well to me that's what makes it exciting mm-hmm. right because it's uh you know in 2017 when i started think of how small that niche group was you know we we kind of joke that you know in 2017 we were really lonely at the party you know in the corner <laughs> of the room sitting by ourselves trying to talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum. And um, 
this past year, uh, it's really started to seep into mainstream conversations. Um, so NFT, you know, it's attracted Elon Musk and other celebrities and musicians. And, um, you know, one of the companies that I think is doing a great job uh, is Dapper Labs with uh, NBA Top Shot. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's digital collectibles with the NBA. And what I like about what they've really, really done is they haven't talked so much about the technology. Um, and one of the challenges when I come into a startup from a marketing perspective is how much does the end user really give a shit about the technology? You know, it's it's the driving force. Obviously, it's what's, you know, driving the whole platform. Uh, but to the end user, um, you know, a good example I like to make is the Fitbit. And how many users of the Fitbit can do a deep dive in the sensor technology that's driving their Fitbit, right? Or do they care more about it's counting my steps and calories and my heart rate and all of those things? Um, so NBA Top Shot, I believe, has done a great job of bridging cryptocurrency blockchain with mass users because they're just talking about digital collectibles. They're not referring to them as non-fungible tokens that can cross, you know, you know, be moved onto cryptocurrency uh, exchanges, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so to me, that's one of the talents that I bring. And one of the challenges is being that storyteller that knows what story am I telling to what market, right? So what story are we crafting about a product to the investor? What story are we crafting to the end user? And they're different. They're very different stories. And, and it's, about the, it's, about the, it's about the destination, I suppose. I, I, I like when you, when you mentioned Fitbit, like uh, people, when it first came out, like wearable technologies, like, oh, what's the point in them? No one, no one needs them. We don't need wearable technology. And now they've become mainstream because people have realized the benefits of them. People have seen right. like the, the adoption by influence and influences and people they trust, I suppose. Um, yeah. And it, it, goes, it goes back to one of the great, greatest pieces of, of marketing, in my opinion, ever was when Steve Jobs was on stage introducing the iPod. He didn't yeah. talk about the technology behind it. He didn't talk about the features. He said, this is a thousand songs in your hand. And I suppose that's a, a similar ethos that you'd have to carry across when it comes to these kind of emerging technologies. Like not everyone's going to be able to understand all the tech behind it, but they could understand the ultimate benefits of it to themselves. No, so absolutely. That, yeah. And actually you just brought up what could be a great slogan, you know, for, you know, not a thousand songs, you know, at the, the touch of your hand, but international banking. You know, period for banking right off your phone or at the, you know, in your control, in your, in the palm of your hand, so to speak. So we, we talked a bit about how you have sort of like these multiple different campaigns running at uh, different times. What do these campaigns look like that are different from like a standard marketing campaign? Like, do you, do you, do you still approach it in the way that you've approached marketing other technologies when you're building this narrative or does the narrative have to be 
different because it's a, a very tech savvy audience you're going after. Will they expect a very tech savvy campaign? Does it have to be flashy or can it be quite simple? Well, again, that, de- that depends. So, and in regards to MBA top shot, they're not tech savvy. Your end user doesn't have to be tech savvy. Um, which is why I think they've done a great job of, of penetrating non-crypto, you know, users. Um, to me, marketing is all the same. Um, and every, the channels just might be different where the, the story is, is different. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you're still, who's our target market? What is it that they want? How do we talk to them? And then listening to them to find out how we need to pivot. Uh, in emerging technologies, what's always interesting is you could come into the market thinking this is our target user. And then when you look at the data and you start you know, gaining those consumer insights, you find out that what they see is not your initial vision and you have to be able to pivot, right? So... A good example of that and what we see a lot in cryptocurrency and emerging technology is we have, uh, because of regulation, where the campaign's going to launch. So a lot of times campaigns can't launch in the United States because of uh, the SEC and regulation. So uh, when we're coming up with a marketing strategy, what's the market we're going to be in and pursue? Uh, And they're very, they can be very different from the East to the West. Um, In general terms, the East likes more flashy, uh, more things on, you know, they look at Google like it's incomplete. And then in the West, we like clean, straightforward, simplicity, Google. Um, a good example, if you're in the cryptocurrency world, is, is Coinbase compared to Binance. And, and just looking at their UX on how different they are. Uniswap compared to SushiSwap. And what we, or what I try to do is, especially in regards to UX, as you're reading the data, uh, and you know, you know, you, you can get data on what's being used, what's not being used, where are they going on the page? And then are your users predominantly coming from the East or from the West? And how do they like the UX? And are you ready to pivot? Meaning, are you ready to put more stuff right there on the screen and make it more flashy? Is that your demographic? Or are we removing stuff and cleaning up the UX for the West. So that's, you always have to be ready to pivot, <laughs> especially yeah. in new markets when you're forming. And, and one of the big things I really stress is talk to your users, get those fans. So uh, cryptocurrency is very community driven. Same with developers, developers, coders, uh, game developers, they're very community driven. And you can learn a lot by getting, you know, ambassadors. Who are your users and who are your key users and who's contributing? Put them on your team, reward them and talk to them and find out, you know, what they're seeing and what they're doing because they're your demographic, right? That's your mm-hmm. target is that those inf- 
I don't want to say influencers in the in the in the way we generally look at influencers as somebody with a huge following, like you know Kardashians or Elon Musk. I'm talking about your little micro influencers that are in your chat groups, in your Telegram or or Discord. And they're commenting a lot and they're talking a lot and they're participating a lot. Those can be your rock stars and find them and reward them for being a part of your community and make them a brand ambassador because they're key. Uh, how, how do you identify who would make a good ambassador? Is it just spending time on these communities and picking people out or is it, or would the, would you have identified them and sent them into those communities to sort of represent you? No, they're the, the ones that end up being your rocksters are the ones that come in because they're a fan of your your what you're doing. They're a fan of your product. And you'll see them commenting a lot. You'll see them defending you a lot. A lot of times in emerging technology, there's delays, there's um, you know, there's bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. And and they're the ones that'll be in there defending the development team, uh, de- defending the vision and you know, it's kind of like who's commenting the most in a Facebook group and positive on the positive side, obviously, you know, not the, uh, the trashers, but um, in, in a few communities that I've, um, that I have been part of my marketing campaigns, you see them, you see the ones that are just, they're there, they're present, they're commenting, they're, they're psyched, they're sharing, they're excited. And those are the ones you start talking to because they're your fans. They're already, you know, it's like, who, who do you put the, the head of your, you know, fan club, your rock and roll fan club or your, you know, rap fan club. It's usually your top fans and you, you, they, they tend to start, you know, standing out from the rest of the crowd. And, and I suppose they, they understand the community and sort of those platforms in ways that might be, might be difficult for you to, like engage with like if you if you're not familiar with how things on like twitch or discord work then having these ambassadors having these people to speak to has got to be a really valuable insight into understanding different platforms no absolutely because i'm not you know i'm not a 25 year old male uh fortnite player um i'm not a 15 year old roblox uh player but what makes me you know what makes me great at what I do is understanding I'm not the demographic. It's not up to me to get it. It's up to me to understand who to ask in that key demographic and utilize the people that are in that key demographic and get the information from them and then give them the tools, you know, to amplify the product and the product voice. When it comes to setting up the campaigns, you, you said marketing is all the all the same. Um, is it the same with like the goals of a, of a a crypto or blockchain um, campaign? Is it is it still broken down to brand awareness, conversions, lead generation, or do, do you have different goals that you have when it comes to these kinds of campaigns? Um, so I think you've hit on a couple. So so yes, like again, macro the goals are the same: increase brand awareness generate high quality leads or opportunities, right? What Whether they're considered leads opportunities or branding opportunities, that depends on the project. Um, a big one in, well, I think anywhere, is grow and maintain thought leadership. 
right? Get that mind share. That real estate is is so valuable. That mind share real estate. Be customer centric. Again, is 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 you know do a deep dive into who your end user is, and then in you know empower your team. Uh, and and part of that team are those community influencers, uh, those those redditors that love your product, uh, those Twitter influencers that that believe in your vision. And one additional goal of a cryptocurrency campaign is the investor. So we have to always. It's not like we want to make the value of the token the priority, but it's a big part of who's talking about your project. Um, and it's, you could, it's one of the benefits because it's driving money into the industry. And then you can say it's one of the detriments because you have to, you know, be concerned about investor value. So what, what dictates what to focus on when it comes to say, say you're, you're, you're a, you're a start, CMO in a crypto startup. What dictates what you should? What? Um, sorry, I'm, I'm going to start again with that question. Um, so, like, say you're the CMO of a crypto startup, and you're trying to work out what to prioritize on. What dictates what your priorities should be? Like, what should your goals be from like day to day to more long term? Like, what what are the ultimate goals when you're developing strategies? So a lot of that comes down to money, right? Um, how much? How much is the budget? Um, if we have a large budget, I actually tend to tell when when a company consults me in regards to, you know, marketing campaigns in cryptocurrency specifically, because right now there is so much competition um, for, you know, MySpace just in the cryptocurrency space. There's so many projects um, you know, there's so many projects coming up in the space. So you need marketing and PR macro, like a big PR firm that's going to get you mainstream media. That's part of that education and brand awareness piece. It builds legitimacy uh, when you're going to go and, you know, sell a token. It also helps kind of start bridge that legitimacy when you're with the technology going after whether it's developers, um, whether it's game developers or game players, depending on the project. So thought leadership, I think, should always be a goal, even in the initial startup phase where a founder might not even be thinking about marketing, but they could be establishing themselves as a thought leader in the space and never mention their, what they're doing they can just start talking about the technology in general and building up their influence in the space. So when it comes time that they reveal to the world their product, they're not behind. Um, I find it's one of the mistakes a lot of startups, regardless of industry, make is they think they have to wait until the product is perfect and then they start thinking about the marketing piece. Instead of thinking about the marketing piece and executing on some marketing as they start to gear up. And as I said, a lot of that is thought leadership, talk, you know, increasing your following in that space, talking on points in that space, then, oh, and by the way, I'm launching this product. Mm -hmm. 
So it's it, yeah. So it's a a bit like it, it is. I suppose it is classic thought leadership, isn't it? It's it's yes. giving giving legitimacy to what you're presenting as a solution to an issue. Like you've already established yourself as an expert, and now you've got the solution to the problems that you've been talking about right. previously. Right. Um, I, yeah, I think core marketing has never changed. Yeah. Right. The, the core, the, the the core philosophy behind it has never changed. It's the channels of how we communicate have changed. The tactics, the specific tactics, have changed, but not the whole idea or the the reason behind it. That's that should always be key. I think one of the things that's kind of shifted or I guess the better way to put it is we've become more aware is how important the customer is. I mean, the customer should have always been important, but a lot of marketing strategies to me, what is disappointing in a lot of is marketing for the sake of marketing. Mm -hmm. We're just going to amplify and we're going to just push out this message and there's no context or storytelling or emotion behind it. And you said it with Steve Jobs and what Steve Jobs was brilliant at was building the emotion and the human connection before even selling the product or, or pushing forward the product. Um, so to me, customer-centric marketing, crafted storytelling with emotion and context is so important in a successful marketing campaign. It's just, it's unique with your, uh, with the, the emerging technologies that you've got to, you've, you've, you've also got to educate and you've also got all these different types of customers as well. So it's approaching right. them in different ways. Um, like, as you said, you've got, you've got your developers, you've got artists, you've, you've got, I mean, you've got a list as long as you are, as, right. as long as you are. Um, <laughs> right. And, and again, that, you know, it's, there's always pros and cons, but that's one of the things that makes it exciting. It makes it challenging, but it also makes it exciting because it's not just a straightforward, here's product A and product B is our target market. And we've already spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to decide that that's our target market. Whereas with startups uh, and especially in the cryptocurrency space and blockchain space, it's that's exciting. And I find one of my challenges is actually getting the founders of the startup to understand and know how to communicate their value prop and not try to be all things and not try to um, oversell the technology. The technology is important and the technology might be their value prop, but when you are converting that into layman's terms, you know, is it saving me time? Is it saving me money? Is it making something easier? Do I love the look and feel of the car? Is Jay-Z driving it? <laughs> That's all they can, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you know, is it counting my steps? <laughs> is it accurate in counting my steps? Um, is it a thousand songs in my hand? You know, like that's the end message to a lot of users. That's all they care about. Definitely. Well, the other um, stuff matters, but the driving messaging is more emotion and human based as opposed to, you know, what the technology can do. Yeah, the, 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 the features and the technology might be interesting in certain circles. You might get good PR from, from 
like within the cryptocurrency field. But if you want the mass adoption that you need, like you need to be talking about the benefits to the masses, like not just like these other bells and whistles. Right. Um, To me, great technology and a great product. How it's great when you can market something that's great, (laughs) right? It just makes it when you're dealing with something where there where there's care from the developers or from the founders on product delivery, which basically brings it down to customer centric. Um, Who is that customer and are you making them happy? When you have that, marketing is easier. It is so much easier to mark something, market something that's great. Now there's nothing wrong with being not top quality. Look at Walmart. You know, Walmart's Walmart's business plan has nothing to do with product quality. It has everything to do with being the lowest price. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's knowing what you're marketing. So it's, are you trying to market the lowest price as a premium product? Then there's ethics, not ethics, legally ethics, but as a marketing person, how good does that feel? You know, it feels... Well, <laughs> yeah. so it means as well you've got to be reactive with your marketing. You've, you're trying to fix problems with your marketing rather than being proactive with like what is. You're not talking about what's great. You're tiptoeing around the problems, which is never a good thing when it comes to marketing. In my experience, like you want to be, you want to be out there saying like, this is a great product. This is what you can do with it. Right. This is like, great, or this is the cheapest. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 there's that, markets for both. Yeah, right. There's course, successful yeah. businesses operating on both of those levels, but when you know when people don't, when the the company doesn't care, um, and they're just trying to throw something out there, it's very disheartening. And I I try not to do those campaigns. Yeah, I mean. It, it, it's always nice to have the option to say no to those kinds of campaigns. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we've covered quite a lot here, Audrey. Like maybe it'd be good if we could break it, break things down, sort of like the five golden rules of a good cryptocurrency blockchain campaign, um, which could probably apply to pretty much any emergent yeah, technology. Any campaign. Yeah. Right. Um, so for me, make sure, number one, especially with technology, when you're talking about Uh, emerging technology or technology, a lot of times different department heads and core founders, they see things differently and they have different messaging. So to me is make sure everyone's on the same page in regards to messaging and your target market. Um, Be customer centric. Number two, definitely be customer centric. Uh, Be data driven. Uh, utilize uh, what you can in regards to data aggregation, analytics, and um, understand what it is you're measuring and how you're implementing those uh, metrics to make change or pivot your marketing campaigns. Um, Don't overlook or underestimate the competition. And don't, don't think narrowly in regards to scope of competition. Um, look at outside, like, you know, finance companies or banks not looking at Google or Alibaba as competition or Facebook as competition. They all want to release financial instruments. They are competition. Uh, and be ready to pivot. I think you always need to listen really well 
and be ready to pivot. That's what I would say my five are. Uh, yeah, they said, I mean, great rules for running a crypto um, campaign, but also great rules for any marketing campaign. I think, uh, as you said, marketing doesn't change. The, the product might change, but the core principles of marketing don't change. No, they don't. <laughs> I think that I think that's a great note to end on there, Audrey. Um, thank you very much for your time. Um, it's been really interesting. I'm sure our our listeners will find it interesting as well. Um, and we'll be back soon with more CMO combos. Oh, thank you, Will.